All right, y'all, what's going on? Welcome back to another Just Absolutely Boxing Podcast. It's episode 111, round round 111, man. I'm Combo Breaker 99. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Boxing P. Yeah, man, we back to talk this boxing conversation for y'all. Um, had a pretty interesting fight last weekend, Sergey Kovalev versus Anthony Yard. Uh, yeah, we want to talk about the fight and just some of the angles in it in general as far as, like, you know, knowing your levels in the game, man, just kind of... Um, you know, making sure you know where you need to be and making sure you graduate to that level. Because uh, this Sergey Kovalev versus Anthony Yard fight, it was kind of like you didn't really need to do the boxing math. It was just something we kind of knew that was going to happen. You know, um, I felt like it was just something you could just eyeball and you knew that somebody like Sergey Kovalev was going to come out on top. What do you think, P? Um, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because... Because with boxing, you can't always tell, but sometimes you can tell. Yeah. And it was just certain factors in this fight and variables outside of, you know, lightning striking in the bottle and, and a lucky punch. But it was just certain variables that just made it hard to see any other way. You know, mainly Anthony Yards Limited. Amateur pedigree, I mean, amateur career, you know, 11 fights. Yeah. That's nothing in the amateurs, you know what I'm saying? And then even his professional career, you know, it's not a, a lot of names on there that, you know, people know about or, 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 you know, just higher caliber fighters. So challenging the guy, a European fighter, great amateur career great professional career it was like kind of no-brainer you know what i'm saying exactly except, except for the wild card you know yeah the wild card is always in boxing but other than that to you know to me like as a you know boxing fan and just kind of looking at it and you know looking at his corner and his trainer like what do you think man like do you think that they Again, I ask you this question. Do you think his his team was really believing in his skill or they were kind of hoping for that wild card? Um, that's another good question, That um, His trainer, Tundi, it's hard to say. And I've I seen they definitely have a, a solid bond. And I just, you know, you see a lot of, selling wolf tickets and loud talking, all talk without no bite, all the cliches you can think about. You see all that in boxing, but it, I, I saw something, in my opinion, that did, 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 did seem a little genuine. You know what I mean? In the same token, you know, I did see a guy selling, selling himself as well. You know what I'm saying, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because, like, yeah, off the mic, I told you, that's kind of what I was seeing. Um, Now, when we talk about, like, boxer-trainer bond, like, to me, I wasn't really getting that vibe because, it to me, I always see, like, the boxer-trainer vibe or relationship kind of got to be either father-son or it's got to be, like, older brother-big brother, you know, because in this in this situation like even with the training and with the talking with these two i was kind of getting more of a, a friend vibe and i think that trainers and boxers can be friends but 
it's kind of it's almost like with father and son to me if you want to raise a good son you you can't be his friend you got to be his father you know what i mean that's 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 how i always felt like you know if i have a son like we're not friends i'm your i'm your father you know and, and I, I was kind of feeling like that that's that's kind of like the best way to say it because when you say like they have this good relationship and they both confident to me if he was really confident in him he would he would be able to tell him that hey or if he really cared about him he'd be able to tell him hey we're not ready for this level you know this fight would have never even be talked about you know we would still be fighting our way up like if people asked if yard was ready for kovalev you know tundi would say something like no nah, we we still making our moves you know we haven't even fought the top 10 fighter yet but i think they see eye to eye too much you know where it's to the point where it's, it is like they're just kind of like have a friend relationship and he's not willing to correct him enough. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some people aren't really, you know, I feel like a lot of people are feeling that vibe with, with Tundi. They're, they're, they're like, he's not really in there to, to make him grow or make him better. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Because the, 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 um, that's exactly what I saw. Like, a friendship, a, a, a peership, as opposed to you know, bumping heads or any of the things that you can see in the training camp. I mean, we've seen all types of father and son, just trainer, ex-trainers, all types of drama in that relationship or whatever. And, those, you know, those particular relationships. But I did see that peer-to-peer, you know, relationship, a mutual respect relationship. And, 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 and that, could, that, that could be a bad thing. It could be a bad thing in the fight game because, like you say, I mean, the respect has to be there for when the trainer says something, you kind of got to know to bow down. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, definitely. If, if if it's your peer, that, that could create a problem. You know, you might feel like, yo, I don't have to listen to you or whatever, but... I'm not saying that's what happened in their relationship, but that that's just a good point because most of the successful boxing relationships, regardless of age, you could the guy some of the guys are close in age. Buddy McGirt ain't way older than Kovalev, but Kovalev showed him a lot of respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just that dynamic of the relationship that, like you say, teacher student, you know, father son big brother little brother like you said and you know that dynamic of that fighter trainer relationship this seems to work well you know what i mean it's not a blueprint it's not in stone but it is a dynamic that we see a lot in boxing yeah you know what i mean yeah and I, I absolutely agree that that's what i've seen a peer-to-peer relationship with them, which I mean, I, at, at this point, I don't know if it's good or bad, but that's what I saw. You know what I mean? I didn't see a father, son, big brother, little brother. You know, I think a couple of times, uh, y'all referred to him as big bro or something like that, but I didn't get that vibe. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I didn't like when I look at them. You know, just compared to guys even today like Derek James and Errol Spence, you know, Derek James is a guy that's there to to really look look out for his fighter and he cares about him. So 
you know, even when they're in training, where they're at a press conference, he's always there. That's has that look like that, that look where he's like um, protective over his fighter. You know what I mean? You know, like he really cares about what he does in the ring and like, you know, the, the moves he make outside of the ring where, where when I see these two yard and Tundi, it's kind of chums, you know what I mean? They're kind of chummy where, you know, they kind of laugh together and, you know, you know, train together, but, but like, like yeah. And hanging out together, you know, you don't see Derek James and Earl Spence unless they doing like a photo shoot for boxing. Other than that, you see Earl Spence with his crew, other fighters or whoever, but you don't really see those two, really hanging out you know what i'm saying right right because like i've seen like reporters they ask virgil hunter sometime like questions about andre ward he'd be like oh i ain't talked to him you know you might have to ask him you know what i mean it ain't like it ain't like they hanging out all the time you know they both have lives outside because they're different age groups you know but when they come together you know they kind of have that chemistry together because it's like you know it's a it's a it's the trainer it's the fighter you know but you know there, there still has to be some type of like there has to be some type of, like you were saying earlier, a respect there where you have to kind of look at him as the mentor, you know, if he's going to be training you. That's that's how I see it. And I just didn't see that with these two. Because, um, again, going back to Yard, if Yard kind of had respect for Tundi and vice versa, there kind of would have been more of a, a process with Anthony Yard, where Yard would have been moved more, more and more. He would have been moved, moved a little bit more carefully than jump in there with a Kovalev fight, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 kind of the flip side of it, it to me, and is had he pulled it off around eight, which he claimed close to people. A lot of people would have a different dialogue. Not that's not to say me and you, but a lot of people would have a different dialogue. Yeah, had, had Tundi had pulled this off with a guy with that type of limited experience you know it would have translated into oh he does know what he's talking about he does you that 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 does work and that could be the false thing about boxing yeah dangerous you know what i mean because he could have just pulled that off this one fight but it still didn't really answer questions because we have to see a person's career you know we have to see a person active and, and see what they do beyond that point not just get to that point you know what i'm saying yeah yeah definitely because uh i mentioned that in the last episode too you know i said that let's say if y'all pulled it off you know what next you know he gonna be in there with those younger dangerous champions you know and if he go in there with them something worse could probably happen you know so th- this this loss here probably happened for the best you know when you think about it like that fight could have set him up as a target, you know, because, yeah, he beat Kovalev. Let's say he beats Kovalev. He got a belt. He going to have just a target on his head. You know, he going to have a target. Everybody going to want to fight him because then they're, they're going to see Anthony Yard as money. You know, they're going to see him just like Anthony Joshua where they're going to target him. Exactly. And see, that's all I'm about to say. And, like, the dialogue would have been different. Yep. Among the masses. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It would have been different. Yeah, because they would have been blinded. They would have been blinded by the knockout. Mm-hmm. They would have been convinced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you know Tundi would have. Tundi be like, oh, yeah, he ready for better BF. He ready for Vosdick, all these guys. So he go in there with them. It's going to be a whole nother learning experience again. So I was like, 
when I saw this fight, I was kind of like, yeah, man, this this is it happened for the best, man, because just go back and look at the fight, too, man. Like it didn't really the knockout didn't come the way I thought it would, where Anthony R was like getting like beat down or getting rocked. It kind of happened just by his own his own will, because he he experienced. Yeah, an experience because. He stayed in there for 11 rounds, which I had to give him credit for. I didn't think he could do that. You know, he stayed in there, but it was just like his body, his condition and his cardio wasn't ready. And he got winded. And then it was just like a, a, a simple Kovalev jab that knocked him out. You know, it wasn't like Kovalev was beating his ass to the point he, he had to submit. It was just like another level that he wasn't ready for as far as his body, like Look at his muscle mass. Like you mentioned, you said he's a big dude, right? You see how big he is, right? And you see how big this guy is. He carries around a lot of muscle. And carrying that much, much muscle in boxing, it's not really a good idea, you know? Which goes back to somebody like Tundy, man. Like somebody like Tundy, you would think that he would kind of have these discussions with him, man. Like if they were doing real spar- sparring, which was a rumor, there was a rumor that Aaron Anthony R don't spar, you know, so he don't really know like what level his fighter can be on. Like he'd be like, Hey, you carrying too much muscle. We might have to trim this down. You know, he would tell him stuff like that, but I don't even really think things about Anthony R's body was being discussed in training, man. What do you think, man? Um, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought that up, man. Cause I wanted to touch on that for a hot second too, though. <clears throat> the thing about these guys not sparring. Yeah. I mean, in my limited knowledge, it don't make sense. And then they talk to several former champions or anybody in the world. It's no way a guy could get his timing without sparring that. You know what I'm saying? Now, do they do a lot of sparring? Do they film sparring? That's different. But there's no way you can train without sparring at some point because you, you can't get your timing if you don't have punches coming at you. Facts. So, I mean, I don't know where they were going with with with, with, with those statements, but there's no way. There's no way, eh? I mean, several professional fights, it's absolutely impossible to get your timing down without punches coming at you. And it makes sense. How could you? Yeah. If you never had nothing coming at you, know? Mm-hmm. We, we, That's not like working the mitts. Yeah. We, which goes back to what we were talking about last episode. Like, when I see him on Instagram and he's doing these mitts, you know, it's like John David Jackson said, like, you just can't be working the mitts all the time. You got to be sparring. You got to be working the bag because you got to know somebody like Tundy has to know how fast his fighter is, like what mistakes he makes the way he stands. But if you're not sparring, you can't stand. You can't sit on the outside in the corner and know what your fighter is capable of exactly, and what he's not capable of, you know, because like, like, you know, come on, man, the, the, these tactics and training regimens go back probably hundreds of years to be honest you know what I'm saying it's not like somebody just made this up yesterday these are the parts you know that build a fighter up now they have technology and you can simulate and you know all these supplements for the body now but it's still you still gotta spar you still gotta do road work still gotta do hit the heavy bag you know what I mean you still gotta do the things you had to do 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. You you still none of that changes. I mean, you know, as much as you, as much as you change the times with certain situations, like none of that changes though, because sparring is a part of boxing. You know, okay, they might you know you might take out you could take out wood chopping if you want, you know, and find another substitute for that. You know, Deontay Wilder he don't run, but he substitutes swimming for running. You know, exactly that can be done, Let's but. Yeah, for his cardio, but but for Wilder, he still spars, you know? Mm-hmm. Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, all of these fighters, they still spar, you know, because how the hell are you going to know what your fighter does as far as... How, how is he going to build his craft? He can't build his craft in a fight. You know, he it, it starts with sparring. Man, I, I just, you know, I, like I said, like I said, maybe they don't people see them sparring but you had to you had to do some some sparring i don't believe i don't believe they, they absolutely don't do any sparring <laughs> yeah and it kind of it kind of goes back to just this new age man just like the new tra- not necessarily the new training but like just the new age in general man <laughs> this new generation like i hate to sound old but there's too many shortcuts you know what i mean they they, they try yeah. everybody's trying to find shortcuts with something to get what they want faster because like let's look at the fight man like watching watching anthony yard the first half of the fight who do you think he was trying to emulate man uh, 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 floyd of course you know what i'm saying yeah and like mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was trying to emulate old floyd it was like he's trying to emulate the floyd you see now you know what now. i mean you were in there trying to use this shoulder roll at a distance against this big puncher, experienced guy like Kovalev who jabbing the hell out you. You ain't even really in a position to punch. You know what I mean? Like, you might try to get a jab off here, but you ain't in a position to throw three or four punches or go to his body like you need to be doing. You out here trying to be cute or thinking this type of defense is going to work, which really shows me that y'all didn't really kind of develop something built for Anthony Yard's body style, you know? Exactly. Looking at Anthony Yard's body style, you know he's a kind of thick guy, like up in his weight class, like a like built like a tank. You know what I mean? Like a light heavyweight version of tank, or like an Evander Holyfield, where you thinking like this is a guy that got to use his size more. So you know you can't really box at a distance because you box at a distance, you open to be hit. You a, you a big ass open target for Kovalev. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I mean, think about that though, eh? You see, a lot of people trying to do the shoulder roll and catching punches in the, at the same time while they're trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much using it ineffectively. You know what I mean? I, I, <clears throat> maybe it's just something that the new guys think that that's the way to go. But like you said, the trainer should be the one telling them. You know, hey man, you know that that was made for Floyd. That's not saying you can't use it, but we need to do what works for you. You know, what I mean, the training needs to kind of be more implemental in that stuff. I know with um, Yard, they saying he mixed between Roy Jones and Floyd Mayweather. Yard, I get it. You, you huge fans, they who, who who you watch. Yeah. But in the same token, 
you kind of, I mean, you, you, you hella athletic. I mean, the thing about it, he can have a better defense that's more effective because he's so freaking athletic to be that size too, man. I mean, he don't move around like AJ. He not big plodding. The boy can move. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he do. He, he, the, 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 the talent is there. It just need to be molded. And, and like you say, you know, moved along the right way. You know, him and Tundee saw dollar signs and, you know, human nature is just, you know, you, you want to do it sometimes, but that's the thing about boxing. I mean, boxing going, you know, give you the same answer every time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing, man. Like, it, it don't lie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be straight up for you. Care how cute you are. Don't care about that. You're going to get the same answer every time, you know? Exactly, man. And think about it, man. Like, when you looked at it, when you looked at a guy like Anthony Yard saying that, you know, okay, like we are mixed between these fighters, you know, that, yeah, you, you idols of, but it's very important. Like, like you say, your body style, you come up with something for you, you know, mm-hmm. like Terrence Crawford, you know, recently he said that his favorite fighters are Roy and Floyd, but you see the glimpses of this, of these fighters. Well, you don't really see too much Roy in, but you see some glimpses of Floyd in him, but you know, he's still crafting his own fighter, you know, he's still crafting his own style. And again, that probably comes down to Bo Mack, his trainer in his corner. Cause their relationship is real. That was another good example. Their, their relationship, you know, as far as how they are, you know, they, they, they don't seem too far apart in age, but you know, Bo Mack seems like the guy that he, he seems like the man with the plan, you know, and, and in boxing, yeah, that's that. That's very important to have a man with the plan in your corner. You know, y'all just can't be two guys on the same level, man. Somebody got to be a little bit more, you know, somebody has to be on another intellectual level when it comes to what you need to do. You know, they have to have the plan. And I just think that somebody like Tundee, man, like didn't really help help Yard in this fight. I mean, even down to that second half, man, when he almost had Kovalev out of there in the eighth round, it was like y'all had him hurt. I didn't really hear them say nothing like, you know, do what you did in that round that got you that that close to knocking him out. You know, and that's just that's again, that's another level of experience he didn't he he don't have, bro. And another thing too, man, like most trainers are older former fighters, more experienced than their pupil. And a lot of them were champion themselves or already trained a champion. So when you take two guys trying to cross the finish line at the same time, you know, Tundi want this <clears throat> just as much as Yard wants it because it's, it's going to be for him too. You know what I mean? Right. As opposed to a guy like Buddy McGirt who's been to the well and back several times. You know what I mean? Some of these other trainers, Garcia, Robert Garcia, who's been, you know, several world champions, been to the well and back. You know, it's not a big thing. They not, that's all for the champion when he finally do that. You know what I mean? I'm happy for mm-hmm. him, but that's his day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, and that's a good point. That was a good point you mentioned because Andre Ward mentioned that, you know, as he was commentating, you know, he's like he said, Everybody thinking that's Anthony Yard, you know, his reputation's on the line about winning or losing this fight. But no, Tundee, 
his reputation is just, his reputation is on the line too. It, it's on the line just as much because it's this first fighter that he bringing up to this this world championship status. So people are going to be watching what he's doing, you know. And if you moving your fighter right, and now like you said, see like if he would have won, that kind of would have been blinded. But now that Yard lost, everybody's kind of looking at him, you know. They're going to be kind of looking at him as a, you know, he's the guy that was screaming lions in the camp, lions in the camp. <laughs> you know, now they're kind of like, hey, it seems like you were lying in the camp, <laughs> you know. So, so reputation, that's important for a fighter. I mean, a trainer like in this situation. Yeah, he was trying to make a statement because this is first go round. But see, guys like Buddy McGirt, it's already second nature to them. They already kind of know what we want to do with a fighter, that the glory is for them. We're not trying to outshine them, but. Tony, he was trying to sign just as much as Anthony Yard. And hey, it's like Andre Ward said, hey, that reputation just as big, so you better make it work. But if you don't, it's on you too. Yeah, well, I'm sure <clears throat> he catching some backlash because he's a vocal, he vocal guy. You know what I mean? That's a big part of, yeah. of it, you know, being so vocal an opinionated guy which you know he, he got the right to be that but boxing you only is, is as good as your last fight you know what I'm saying and you know it's, it's, it's you know second place don't count so it's a lot of pressure to be to win <laughs> you know what I'm saying eh? it's a lot of pressure to win and when you can't do that yeah it can start getting complicated <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah definitely man and and then I, I really feel like in Yara's position, this was probably a blessing, man, because like you said, it's pressure to win, but once you win, it's a lot more pressure too, you know? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of pressure because after this fight, you know, Kovalev, he went over and, um, you know, he, he went over and congratulated Anthony Yara for, you know, putting up a good fight, giving him a tough fight. And, you know, one of the commentators, he was kind of like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you won. It's like a moral victory. But Anthony Yard, you know, he he was upset. You know, he feel like, hey, this wasn't a win. You know, he was still upset with himself. And um, I do respect yeah. that. I do respect that because, like, I really yeah, feel like there is no moral victory in boxing, you know. And I'm glad he does see this as like a this as a real loss where he got to kind of go back and rethink things, don't you? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely like. I mean, I liked his energy before the fight, and he wasn't to me over the top. He was just confident, which which you should be. Mm-hmm. And then even in defeat, you know, he didn't have to do an interview. He could have stuck his head between his legs and tail between his legs and went to the locker room, but he hung around, gave the interview, and said some insightful things. You know what I'm saying? Like you just said. You know what I mean? Didn't make excuses. Admitted that, you know, he was in over his head. Yeah. He was in over his head. And like he said, it's, it's, it's not a moral victory, you know what I mean? And, and, and his opinion, you know what I mean? He could have took that and ran. Yeah, man, I lasted. I, you know, most people. No, nah, he said, yeah, you know, but like I say, there's no second place in boxing. And he know he took second place that night. You know what I'm saying? And um, I like you said, I, I, I respected that. You know what I mean? I respected that standing up facing the loss like a man yeah because like that's one of the things in boxing and as far as casual fans go i really can't stand whenever people like still try to give you an award for losing and taking an ass whooping but my thing is like 
no man like imagine how the fighter feels like he put his all on the line yeah but like he still didn't win you know because like you said there ain't no second place you know he still feels like hey i lost like yeah i withstood this many rounds yeah i went 11 rounds with the champ but i still lost you know and i'm i'm glad he sees it that way because that's how i see it like even nowadays like i don't know about you know with your kids p if you ever notice like in schools now like they give rewards for like just the littlest things now <laughs> you know what i mean like there used to be a time when you get rewards for you know never missing a day of school or getting an a honor roll or something like that but they give rewards for for like the littlest things like maybe you come to school like three out of five days you know what i mean I'm saying, doing stuff they po- supposed to do. yeah doing you know, stuff you're supposed to do yeah and i and i just kind of feel like no nah, man like if you want this reward you gotta you gotta grind you gotta stand out you know you gotta put put work in to do whatever it is you want to do and I'm glad, like, yeah, my day, like, you know, whenever you didn't, you came up short, you just be like, oh, well, I got to go back to the drawing board. Ain't no more victory, <laughs> you know? So, same with Yard. Like, I'm glad he, he kind of got that mind frame. But it's like you said, even before, like, even watching his interviews and press conference, I never really got off as, like, he was, like, some conceited guy. You know, he was just, like, a confident person. You know, I like his personality, too. You know, that's why I said, like. Yeah, chill, dude. Yeah. Same like, you know? Yeah, I didn't wish bad on him or nothing. That's why I said, like, I would have liked to see him win, but, you know, definitely want to see him come back now. You know, um, you brought it up to me, man, off the mic, like, that fight against Marcus Brown. Like, that that sound good to me, man. What you think, man? Yeah, that 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 would be a nice um, fight <clears throat> to see where both of them stand now. They both coming off losses. Um and it's just, it, 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 you know, y'all kind of proved that he's ready to kind of mix it up with some of the guys at 175. Not, you know, well, he, he, he can hang in there with some of the guys. I ain't even going to say he's ready in, but he can hang in there with some of these guys, you know, the, 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 the lower echelon of the 175-pound division. Um, yeah. So I think it'll be, be good. I think it'll be an interesting fight. Yeah, because... Um... You know, both guys coming off a loss. Um, you know, both guys kind of uh, kind of learn where they at. You know, they did they didn't pass their exam, so it's kind of like, man, like we got to kind of kind of go back and see where we where we where we need to be or where what we need to correct. You know, like when I saw that Marcus Brown fight, I was like, dang, man, I I, I was picking Marcus to win that one too, man. But it was just kind of like a different level of John Pascal showed him, man, and. Then when you look at this fight with Anthony Yard, of course, you know, his definitely was on the level. So it's kind of like a even playing field now. You know, that'd be an interesting fight, man. Right. I agree. But um, but for Kovalev, man, like, you know, him as an older champion now, you know, he he looking to looking to cash out now facing uh, Canelo Alvarez, man. What do you think of that fight, man, just as a whole, like? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love it. It, it. It's a very interesting fight, in my opinion. You know, not being a big Kovalev fan, not being a big Canelo fan, but, you know, styles make fights. And just imagining these two guys in the ring, you know, imposing their will on each other, you know, playing that chess match. Um, 
I think I think it will make for a good fight. I mean, Kovalev, he is, you know, kind of winding down his career. But you know, as we saw Saturday night, I mean, the jab is the jab is, is still good. The power is still good. You know what I mean? The chin is still okay. You know, it's a couple of some chinks there, but he's still game. You know, he's still a dangerous fight. You know, for Canelo to be moving up, you know, facing a bigger man, you know, even though maybe Canelo walks around maybe 180, 190. I mean, Kovalev may walk around 250. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Easy. So, Kovalev definitely will be the bigger man in the fight. You know, if, if you know if this fight is you know comes into fruition, but um, I still will put my money on, on on Canelo. You know, just early right now in the game because uh, just the Kovalev, the, the the body, he just seems you know it just seems like the body is really is really gone. <laughs> yeah, and um, Canelo being who he is, the type of fighter he is, and, and being an intelligent fighter, he's going to exploit that weakness. Uh, and that's a given. There ain't no question about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, I definitely... But overall, a great fight, though, man. And overall, I think it's a great fight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Like, I heard some people say they didn't like the matchup, but to me, we talking about a guy who moving up to 175, you know, to get another, you know, world title, another world class and another world-class title against a world-class opponent. And, you know, he's not necessarily taking on a cherry pick. You know what I mean? Like, Kovalev ain't a, ain't a cherry pick. You know, your first fight at light heavyweight against, you know, a tested, experienced guy, you know, that that's very dangerous for somebody who fights at 154 and 160, you know? So you think about that for Canelo, there's a lot of danger there. And then you look at Kovalev. Kovalev is kind of, you know out of his prime to some people, you know, he definitely is, you know, losing the step over the years, but I'm not a big Kovalev fan, like I said, but I respect his choice here because he know his day's about done. So he going for a big money fight, you know, mm-hmm. so which is, you know, great, great business move on his part. 16 million. If I, if I'm not, you know, not my, not mistaken, but that's a great business move on his part. So it's like, you can't go wrong on the outside of the ring and then on the inside of the ring. Both guys always bring it. You know, both guys always fight. So you can't complain. You know what I mean? You know, both guys are going to fight. Both guys, you know, not going to be in there hugging and, you know, throwing each other around, roughing. They're going to be punching, you know, so you're going to get a good fight. That's why I just say, like, I also say, you know, that's a good one, man. That's a good matchup. Um, Now, Kovalev ain't looking for the fight in November. You know, uh, Canelo, they put it, they hanging that money over his head, but it's looking like he might have to take it, though, man, because they call the shots, right? Right. You know? Anyway, you look at it, though, man, it's a win-win for Kovalev. Yeah. I mean, Canelo is putting everything up the wrist, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you really look at it. I mean, Canelo, I mean, Kovalev is at the end of his career. He's getting his probably biggest payday to date. Fighting the legend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a win-win for him, man. I really, I just don't see anything bad about it for Kovalev. And I would hop all over it for whenever because 
this is what you're looking for. This is the type of payday that can set Kovalev up, and he don't have to fight no more. You know? Right. Yeah, because a guy like Kovalev at his age, you ain't going to unify the belts no more. You know, you ain't going to really unify anything anymore. And you weren't making the biggest paydays before this. You know, uh, like I said, the war fight, you only made so many millions and maybe like a million, you know, maybe two. And now you're getting, you skyrocketing to 16 million against the legend. So, you know, every way you look for him, it's a win-win because you're about done with your career, you know, and um, 16 million to cap it off is perfect to me. Yeah. And, and, it, and just think about this too, man. Some of these fights, you couldn't have thought of this like in your wildest dream. Necessarily. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fight I've never thought about Kovalev and Canelo. Yeah. Now, mind you, over the last year, people have mentioned it, but outside of that, we never could have seen these two eventually meeting each other. No. Now they're about to fight. That's interesting. To, to me, this is like, to me, this is like whenever there were rumors of Mayweather fighting Triple G. You know what I mean? <laughs> At 160. And, you know, that, to me, I would rather see that over Canelo Kovalev, but this is as close as it gets. You know what I mean? Where, you know, it's really going to be about skill to, to beat a guy like that that's that's that much bigger than you. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what really makes it exciting. You know, I can't say this is no cherry picking. And this, you know, this is very dangerous for Canelo, you know? Yeah. It's still very dangerous. Yeah, because what ha- you know, why we what we always say boxing math ain't true, right? You could you could miscalculate some shit, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, yeah, like yeah, overall, like I said, um I like it. You know, I definitely like it. Um as for yard and uh Kovalev fight, definitely, man, definitely one of those fights where we said, Hey, we called it, you know, um, you ask the casual fan, they're going to say Anthony Yard where I knock out all day. <laughs> but to me, I was just like, you just got to understand, man, like there's certain things that happen in boxing. You know, there's certain things a fighter has to go through. They got to graduate before they get there, man. And, you know, this is, perf- this is one of those perfect fights, man, that just say, hey, I told you so. <laughs> but, but overall, though, man, it's, it, I, I found it to be an entertaining fight. I you did. Know, it was, yeah, it wasn't born. It was action. It was, it was a good fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a good fight. It was definitely a good fight, though. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. Other than that, man, that was pretty much it for the weekend. Um, I mean, this weekend up, we got Lomachenko versus Luke Campbell coming up. Um, not really a fight I'm looking forward to, you know. Um, that Luke Campbell said if he beat Lomachenko, he gonna be on Anthony Joshua status. So I'm like, all right, man, sure, pal. <laughs> I mean, like you say, I'm not too excited about the Loma fight either, but I got to admit, he, he brings the buzz to, to to the game. So, you know what I'm saying? I'll probably be checking him out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to check it out. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just ready to see uh, Loma in there with Tank, bro. <laughs> That's all I can say, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like Loma is this guy like a lot of people are so bent on but me i'm like he's kind of wasting it away you know not getting in there with getting in there where you need to be man like some of these guys you were already tailor made with tailor made for you i just just i just need to see more man that's that's all i gotta say man yeah like you, you hit it on the head like 
you know, wasting away because, you know, Loma is probably the oldest oldest fighter really in that division, ain't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. And um, out of only, what, 11, 12 fights, he's kind of more more shot-worn fighter too, man. Injury prone now. And one thing too, man, I say this too, man, like somebody used the word, they use the word otherworldly. You know, they're they trying to say he's out of this world. Like, I don't see that, man. Otherworldly was Roy Jones. You know what I mean? That was, like, phenomenal. But, like, I don't see this. I still don't see this matrix, man. I just don't see it. And, like, I had to explain to Eric Thompson. Shout out to Eric Thompson. You know, when he asked me about something we had posted in the group or whatever and you know like i said some stuff is conversation piece but i like loma loma is good but is he pound for pound over top of like andre you know when andre wood Ward was active over him turns crawford some of these guys who in my opinion just have it's the toss-up it's a, it's, it's a battle how, how did you know how, how did the, the scale tip in his favor to, to get these positions I'm not really sold on that 100% yet. No, I'm not either. I thought that was disrespectful. I say that again. (laughs) You know, like you got Andre Ward over 30 wins undefeated, Terrence Crawford over 30 wins undefeated. Then you got a guy who's like nine and one. That's number one. You know, that just don't. And I mean, you're looking at a guy who beat Kovalev twice. And then you look at Terrence Crawford, who unified 140, was a three division world champion. You know, so I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't I don't understand how that stuff right there ain't phenomenal. But you got otherworldly over here. So, you know, that's just me. But I'm just saying, like I said, I ain't sold on him yet. Um, got to do something amazing, man, to be otherworldly. <laughs> but as far as this weekend go, I think I think he'll probably beat Luke Campbell. I don't I looked at Luke Campbell a couple of his fights and I don't know man I don't see like an aggressive style out of him that's going to give Loma trouble and again that's just another fight for Loma you know another comfortable fight you know it's not really like like I said no no big challenge for him you know yeah, I, I agree you know what I mean which has been like most of his his fights yeah you know people quick to always want to see certain fighters and they were killers man but other fighters just get a pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Certain fighters got to fight killer back to back to back to back. Anything less than a killer is, oh, he ducking or he doing this. But, you know, certain people get to breeze through, you know, and fight whoever. And nobody really, really, really says anything. And um, to me, he's one of those guys that kind of falls in that category. Put the pressure on him like y'all put on any other person to fight people. But hey. y'all say, don't nobody want to fight Loma. Can't nobody else use that excuse, you know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody want to fight them, you know. It's just a bunch of politics with some of this stuff too, Ant, which is really annoying because it's just about the best fighting the best. That's all it's about, Ant. Take away color to everything, the best fighting the best. That's all the fans want to see. Exactly. The better way to put it, man. That's that's exactly what we want to see, man. But yeah, man, uh, about 45 minutes in here, so... uh, before we wrap this up, P, this might be an episode we have to talk about. You know, we might come back to women's boxing, man. Um, just looking, I'll just look over here with my laptop, man. Because Richard Steele's and Amanda Nunez, man. Just your just your quick take on it, because we might actually have to talk about this one, man. But what do you, what do you, what do you think of that? Is, 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 it, is it manifesting, or is it still just festering right now? 
it's being put in the ears of somebody like Dana White, so you know if he talking about it is very it would be very likely. Yeah. Yeah. So like my my question on it, Amanda Nunez, what's the highest weight she had before that at? One forty five. But but she walks around she's she has walked around it pushing one seventy, I wanna say. She she can she can get she can get thick, so you know. Okay, so she might have topped out at one seventy, maybe. Yeah, like before this cyborg fight, like before she started training, she was uh she was getting up there. She can get in that weight class, you know. Okay. So what what where could they meet at at? Um, I think they could meet to me a good weight for Clarissa and Amanda Nunez to fight at to meet and make it a good challenge would probably be either 160 or 168. I, that's what I think. I think around 160, 168, because I don't see Clarissa going any lower than 154. I mean, she got a fight coming up at 154, but I got to see how she looks at 154 first to, you know, see how she would fare against somebody like Amanda Nunez at that weight. But, I think somewhere in that 160 range would be good for both of them, man. But um, I think it would definitely happen now because you know since Cyborg got cut, there ain't gonna be a rematch for Nunez there. So yeah, if the money if the money start bubbling, then it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying if people start getting really interested, it's going to happen. But but you know as far as my, my opinion on the fight, it, it still kind of go back to. To, to where the fight take place, you know what I mean. I mean, in the boxing world, I still feel uh, Clarissa Shields is just gonna have the 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 the, the, the advantage, you yeah. know, in, in that in that realm. I mean, Amanda, in my mind, just your mind, just knowing different disciplines changes the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my opinion, you know what I'm saying. I, I still give that in the in the boxing ring to. Um, Clarissa, to be honest, and you know what I mean. Um, what you think? Yeah, boxing. I give the technical discipline. I give all of that to um, Clarissa Shields in this one. You know, I give her everything, everything to the body punching that she could put on Amanda Nunez. Um, I think Amanda has that one thing, and that's that power, man. Because you know, like I told you, I heard uh, the cat Zigano. You know what she said, like. She beat Amanda Nunez, but she said, man, that power is crazy, man. Like, she said that power was something. When she got hit by it, she was like, damn, you know. <laughs> she said the Nunez power was like that. And then just seeing what she did to to Cyborg, it was just like, wow, you know, that girl got hands. But can she translate that, that type of power into boxing and be patient to land something like that on Clarissa? I don't think so, you know, um, unless she got something to prove me wrong. But, like. I think, yeah, in boxing, it definitely favors Clarissa, man. I think it would just be a good match because, you know, they both talking about being the baddest woman on the planet, you know? Yeah, I mean, and they both were the contenders of it, you know what I'm saying? It's real. It's legit. It ain't just talk. It's real, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. Because you got, you, got you, got, you got the undisputed champion over here in Clarissa. Then you got the champ champion, Amanda Nunes, right? So, that... That that it, to me, that's, that, I I want to see that more than Mayweather McGregor. I ain't gonna lie. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely, and I'm not even the biggest female boxer fan, but this fight right here, I'll be I will be up for. 
I would be hype about this. Definitely. And I definitely would want to see this over that. Why they talking about doing that again or something, man? Who, May- Mayweather McGregor? Yeah. No, they haven't talked about oh. it. But you know, y'all, yesterday was a two-year anniversary of it. Gotcha. Yeah, it was a two-year anniversary of that fight, you know. And I was just like, yeah, you know, sent Mayweather, sent, sent McGregor back to packing, you know, <laughs> the, box, the the UFC, man, because... That one, that was just out of, it was just out of the realm, man. And I just didn't like the build up to that fight for some reason. I don't know, man. But I think this one, I think this one to be, this. to be for be real, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This ain't gonna be them theatrics. This gonna be more, more, more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's there's definitely gonna be more competitive talk here, as you know, Clarissa. She want to prove that she got the hands and, you know, somebody like Nunez never backed down. So definitely, definitely going to be, this will be definitely more natural. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. Something we might have to talk about if it, if it gets signed, you know, cause I feel like, you know, again, you know, bringing together boxing and MMA, one of those, you know, fascinations that I like a lot of people like to hear about, but um, yeah, something to talk about sometime, man. But before we wrap this one up, Pete, man, was anything that you want to say before we close it, man? No, man, just, um, like I said, um, I thought the fight last weekend was an entertaining fight. Um, you know, Kovalev got it done. Y'all came up a little short, so we got some new fights bubbling because of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what happens next. Yeah, man, same here. Same here. Um, definitely going to keep an eye on this Canelo-Kovalev fight. Um, Definitely not a cherry pick, man. Anything can happen in it, man. It's uh, it's just one of those fights. But um, yeah, just gonna check out this Lomachenko and uh Campbell fight this weekend. Other than that, man, um, that's pretty much it going on. But uh, before we wrap it up, P, uh, where can we follow you at, man? Y'all gonna follow me on IG at Boxing, and y'all gonna follow me on IG at P So um. That's that's where I'm at. Alright. And you can follow me on com uh Instagram at combo breaker ninety nine and on all box and everything also. And uh you follow us both on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the Jab Effect. And um yeah again, man, shout out uh to our followers on Facebook, man. Hit like over four thousand now. Yes sir. You know, so yeah, just keep following and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play soundcloud stitcher and spotify man but uh yeah man before we wrap this up combo breaker 99 it's your boy boxing p and we out y'all later